Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Well, let's start off in this beautiful weather. It is a perfect day for Patrick Pillay and Nick Tandy in the number 911 Porsche. When the weather is like this, you guys just must be so happy to be racing here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park because this is what it was like when you guys won in 2015. Yeah, I mean it was it was a great uh, time uh, in '15, and uh, yeah, the weather was pretty similar. The car was uh, always uh, really good shape here on this track. Also last year we are in front until we get a engine failure, but uh, yeah, it's a m- amazing track. Still really tough for us, but uh, it's why so much pleasure also. It was a good race for you guys at uh, Watkins Glen last weekend, a third place, so it was a podium result. But how much hungrier does that make you to ultimately get a win this weekend? I mean, Watkins was pretty tight between all manufacturers. It was a really big fight all together, and uh, yeah, we managed to finish on the podium. A bit disappointed to didn't win, but you cannot win uh, every race, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, we have a good, uh, good car this, uh, this week. This track fits perfectly to the new RSR, a lot of downfalls, and um, yeah, we'll see how it is. Just a question about the, how the weather will change, tire choice, and also make no mistakes, because on this track is really easy to make a mistake. It was the first ever pole position for the new shape of car, the new engine placement car, I should say, last year at this track. Is there any extra pressure to try and do that again this year, since the car is the same? Yeah, ask Nick, he will qualify. So, <laughs> now honestly, uh, I hope it will be our first poll of the season. Uh, that's what we miss for the moment, uh, just a bit of performance and quality. Because as you can see in Watkins, uh, the track position is really important. And with the new GTLM, it's so much downforce on the car that it's really difficult to follow another car. And uh, the track position is everything. So I hope we will have a, a good quali. I'm pretty sure about uh, what Nick can do here. Last time, uh, yeah, in, in 15, he qualified in pole. So I hope we will do the same. Good luck this weekend. First time that Nick Tandy and Patrick Pillar are sharing a Porsche at most sports since that win. It's getting loud out there for Sheer Adam down in the pit lane is our continental tap pit lane report. Beautiful afternoon. Uh, the wind's changed back round again and is now back behind the uh, cars heading down to turn number one. Good afternoon, Jeremy. And uh, just, I mean, the times this morning and Colin Brown's done it exactly the same again. Just slotted in with a 107, 67 flat on what was effectively his first flying lap yeah, of the race, a flat flying lap of the session. Yeah, and that is indeed faster than than uh, this morning in, in warmer temperatures. That is, And he didn't stunning. have a clean track there. The GTD cars are out this time, are they? Or no, are they still no, out? no. No, same again, yes. Yeah. So it's prototypes and GTLM. So Colin making time while the sun shines and the GTD cars are still parked up. Yeah, but gosh, that is a heck of a lap time. 17.095, that is... Absolutely flying around here. Yes, very impressive indeed. Average, very impressive average speed, indeed. Well over 130 miles an hour. 131 uh, point. Yeah, but 132 miles an hour, that uh, 107.095. And, and 
the last time that they won was here Averinsky. a couple of years ago. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, yeah, came jolly close a week ago though, didn't they? Oh. And uh, would have, could have, should have, really. Uh, that was the fastest car. Uh, on track for, for much of the weekend, qualified on pole position, started at the back because of the change of driver, came storming through the pack, uh, and uh, unfortunately, a couple, maybe one or two more storms that was necessary because they were they were involved in an incident later on, which was perhaps fortunate not to get a penalty for them, uh, but had to kind of fight their way back, and uh, ended up just, uh, just a little bit shy at the chequered flag, but it was a great run by that team, second place finish, second podium of the season for that court order sport entry, and this weekend, John, they, uh, they want to try and get themselves on the top step. It'll be a tall order, because that is a, a proper pro-am lineup in that uh, court order sport, column of 54. Most of the other prototypes are full pro entries. John Bennett certainly won't be doing the same sort of pace as, as Colin Brown in, in the shorter format race we got this weekend, just the regular 2 hours and 45 minutes. It certainly makes it a, uh, a harder task for Colin Brown to make up in the closing stages, but we've seen that team do well in the past. We know the car's fast. We know the team is working extraordinarily well together, and the great chemistry there, of course, with uh, father and son, uh, engineer and driver, Dad Jeff Brown is the uh, technical director at Court Order Sport, and yeah, that team is going to be strong on Sunday. Acura slotting into second place as it did this morning. Dane Cameron at the wheel of number six car at the moment, one hundred seven point eight. That is quicker than he went this morning. He did a one hundred eight point zero this morning, so a couple of tenths he's found already in that number six Acura DPI. Both those cars using the, the same basic uh, Orica chassis, the Orica Gibson, a regular global P2 car, the same specification of car, which is uh, a spec uh, a, a, a engine and uh, components on that car that runs in the FIA, Euro, FIA World Endurance Championship, the, American, the European Le Mans Series and the Le Mans 24 Hours. But uh, that was a fine up once again from Colin Brown. Uh, so let's see if anybody can get anywhere near it. Tim Cameron has just pitted. He's a second away again. Ryan DL, three tenths further back. Just the one ESM car this weekend. And it's DL uh, and uh, DL and Durrani. It's uh, ESM brought to you by the letter D this weekend. Let's uh, go down to share. Who's watching? Who's going out? Who's staying in? Might be a bit loud because I'm going to the pit wall uh, just to see who is very stable through the final corner. And one thing that I've noticed is that the two Mazdas are running around together. So the 55 leading the 77 and then switching position the last lap through. Both of those cars have drivers who have never been to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park before. Harry Tinknell and Oliver Jarvis, neither one has made a start. So that'll be very much a learning experience this weekend. And I know that it is only in the 77 because I saw Tristan Nunez up on the box. Who's in the 55, John? Uh, in the 55 at the moment is Harry. Uh, uh, there you go. So they are learning the track together, and here they come now out of the final turn, and it is Ollie leading Harry. So a bit of uh, the blind leading the blind, I guess, with two drivers who have never been here before. Colin Brown, by the way, improved on the next lap around here. 106 now, 106.902 for Colin Brown. Oh, you're kidding me. 66 <laughs> seconds lap around <laughs> yeah. here. That is, uh, that's getting with the program. The lap record from uh, last year, 108. 
point for the outright lab record, by the way. Uh, Dindo Capello in the Audi R10 TDI 10 years ago, 2008, turned a 104.094. I don't think we're going to get uh, anywhere near that mark. That was an average speed, by the way, of 138.116 miles an hour, the uh, ultimate outright average speed uh, lap record at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Jeremy Shaw, John Hindorf, Shea Adam. And uh, already 10 minutes gone of the 15 for the prototype and Pro GT classes. The uh, GTDs will join in in five minutes' time and then the last 15 minutes of the session will be for silver and bronze only. Uh, This uh, is a... Uh, somewhat unusual, but not unique set of circumstances. It has been done in IMSA competition before, although I don't think in the new uh, form of IMSA. I think you're right. But I, I've certainly seen it before. Um, it was uh, standard practice back in the ELMS days. Uh, if you know better, then uh, tweet, please, and let me know if we've done it in the uh, new IMSA era. That's... Uh, at IMSA Radio, please. I'll try and keep across that uh, on the phone at the moment. Uh, so, let's have a look at the GTLM. It was Porsche, Porsche, uh, Ford, Ford, Corvette, Corvette, BMW, BMW, wasn't it earlier on? Or was it Corvette, Corvette? Sorry, yes, it was Porsche, Corvette, Ford and BMW. Now it's Porsche, Corvette, Corvette, Porsche, Ford, Ford, BMW. And that's just changed now as John Edwards in the 24 BMW is ahead of both of the Fords. But really only Nick Tandy has put in a competitive... Oh, I say that. No, he hasn't. 14.6, 14.7 from Tony Garcia, who just dives in to the pits. That's not hanging about either. Not bad at all. And it all goes quiet, as there's no cars coming past us at the moment. Up at uh, Mott's Corner, the Acura of Dean Cameron, just coming through that tricky little complex there. Second place for Dean Cameron, who did that Ironman stint at the start of the race. Both of the starting drivers for Acura Team Penske doing... Uh, Triples, wasn't it, uh, Jeremy, in that heat of the day? That was a yeah. brilliant stuff. Yeah. Very impressive indeed. Yeah, no uh, no slacking there, was there? That was a, no. that was a remarkable effort. Very good Talking indeed. to Ricky this morning, he was saying... That Improvement uh, by Dan Cameron at the end of that lap, and by Harry Tinknell. No, well, no, it was a few minutes ago. He, 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 Is that taking a yeah, while to update? That, yeah, six, one, one hundred six nine zero two. That was a lap he said before he came into the pits, but yeah. No, no, so Dan Cameron and Harry Tinknell just improved, is what I said. 107.8 and 108.0. So Dan Cameron gets a little bit closer by a couple of hundreds and thousandths, and Harry Tinknell jumps up to third. Yeah, and that uh, that car, was it that car that was quick this morning? Yeah, it was indeed that car was quick this morning. Jonathan Bomberito said a 108.1 this morning in number 55 car. That was fourth quickest this morning. It was... Number 54 car led the way this morning with a 107.1. Dane Cameron at a 108.0 and number 6. Then number 5 of Philippe 
Albuquerque at a 108.0, uh, and then Jonathan Bomberito to a 108.1, and then at a 108.2, we're both kind of a 31, Felipe Nazar in the Cadillac, and Ricky Taylor in number seven, Acura Team Penske DPI. Mm. Elio, we heard from Elio after he hopped out of the car this morning for his first taste of driving here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, and uh, we could almost see his grin from here, couldn't we, yes, John? Yes, we could. We could certainly hear it. Yes. Wow. What was he called? Wow Sport. Wow, wow Sport, Sport Park, yeah. <laughs> uh, GTLM, lots of blue in there, which means people are improving both of the Corvettes now. Up into, and it is three from four. So it's 9-11 Nick Tandy in the Porsche in the pit lane with a 14-3, 14-7 for Tony Garcia, 14-8 for Tom Milner. Then Lawrence Van is still out in the Porsche. Uh, number 912 on a 14.9. How close is that? Very impressive. Yeah, and I think uh, all of the contenders in GTLM got a little bit quicker this afternoon. That's kind of normal for those guys, although we still uh, they will find a lot more pace, I'm sure, tomorrow afternoon when we get round to qualifying. Yes. The fastest time this morning was by Earl Bamber in number 912 Porsche, 114.5. As John just said, Nick Tandy this afternoon, 114.3 in the 911 car. Very impressive. Very, well, yeah, they're still, still still a little, little bit away from the uh, lap record set last year, 14-0 by Dirk Werner. So they're certainly closer, you know, not far off that mark from last year. GTD cars are rolling out. This ah. is for any GTD driver, GTD Daytona driver, the last 15 minutes of the session. And there's a big, 45 minutes a big jump from Dane Cameron. Oh. Second position still for the number six Acura. Oh, my But 0.037 away now from Colin Brown. So the and anti- he's into the 66s. Yes. So two drivers now under 67 seconds for this lap. That's very impressive indeed by the Acura Team Penske driver, Dane Cameron, who, by the way, drove pretty much immaculately. There was one... Tiny little tap wasn't there with the spirit of Daytona uh, car in Dane's magnificent first stint. Uh, just did a bit of damage to the dive planes on the left front of that number right. six car, but not—I mean, not not enough to have the Penske guys even think of changing the nose through the the whole of the six hours, the sail and six hours of the Glen. Uh, very good run indeed by. Dan Cameron. Yeah, that really was impressive. Those Acuras were very, very, very strong. Did they be disappointed at not to have taken the win? Oh, I think so, yeah, because uh, they, you know, they, had, they had the fastest lap, they had the fastest car, led mo- most of the race, and uh, it was only that late restart that uh, well, Pablo Matoya, who was he passing? Was it, wasn't, I can forget who was, was it the Cadillac? Yes. Was it yeah. Jordan Taylor's yeah. car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got past him at the restart, and um, they both sort of slowed themselves both up at yes. the uh, going through the, the oh, uphill S's. And Stephen Simpson just steamed past both of them on straight, got a, uh, an absolutely uh, unadulterated run off that at a restart, and went past both of them into the lead of the race and never looked back. It was a brilliant drive, brilliant performance, very, very well earned. But yeah, Libby, certainly a, a tinge of frustration at the very least for Acura Team Penske when that one slipped away. 
couple of improvements. Uh, Elio Castro Neves, he's up into third place now in car number seven. Another of the debutants here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. It's into the 107s now at least, the 107.8. And there's times by uh, Dane Cameron, by the way, as he comes into the pit lane, we can see that he actually went purple in both the middle and third sectors. So slight improvements, fractional, both of them. But uh, just lost out just a tiny little bit in the first sector. So it's still Colin Brown that leads with the fastest time of the session so far. He lost a tenth of a second, did uh, Dane Cameron, in the first <laughs> sector. And the difference between them, well, a third of that, 0 0.037. A uh, bit of a change around from this morning when the two major protagonists in the GT Daytona Drivers' Championship were last and second last. Brian Sellers top of the pile until Carl Marcelli's just gone through. And Robbie Forley, they were very quick this morning, the 14 Lexus and the 96 BMW. Brian Sellers, of course, in the 48 Paul Miller Racing Lamborghini Huracan GT3. Indeed, and those, those GTD cars now just getting up to speed. They've been let loose uh, uh, a few minutes ago, and they are now uh, joining the rest of the session, that first 15 minutes, just for the pro, for the, uh, for the pro lineups in prototype and GTLM, and now the uh, pro-am cars in GT Daytona. They can join in the, the fray now for the next, what, 45 minutes until the, and then they get well yes 45 minutes and then they will get the final 15 minutes to themselves this afternoon for GTD so everybody will get an hour of practice this afternoon to add to the hour they had this morning interesting to see how those lap times are coming down in GTD and who it is that's uh, fast right out of the blocks Jerome Bleckemolin goes fastest on this next lap, the third flying laps for the GTD cars in the Mercedes car number 33 with a 1 minute 16.8. Fastest time this morning in GTD was a 16.8, 116.848. That was by Bill Oberlin in number 96, Turner Motorsport BMW. Jerome Bleckemolin already eclipsed that fractionally, 116.822 for the Dutchman. And currently has a uh, half a second in hand over Brian Sellers. In fact, uh, the times this morning, everybody was within half a second. I think maybe Sellers was maybe six tenths off. He turned a 117.4 this morning. It's turned a 117.3 this afternoon. But right now in the session, it's good for second place. But that won't last. 90.7 FM around Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Around the world on IMSA.com. The IMSA app. And, of course, via RS2, which is IMSA Radio. It'll be XM Sirius at the weekend as well. XM202 Sirius 138. Uh, let's go down for a Continental Tire pit lane report. Here's Shea Adam. With Jan Magnussen. And, Jan, when we come to a place like Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, where you have five wins, is it a bit like coming home? A little bit. It's, uh, it's one of my, my favourite tracks. It's a fantastic experience uh, driving around here, so um, always looking back, uh, looking forward to coming back here. There's a lot of Danish flags around the track, a lot of campers who come and they cheer for you. Maybe not because they're Danish, but because they want you to know that they're on your side. When you're driving a Corvette, do you feel that little bit of extra love? I think, I mean, that, that does mean something. It's special. 
but also uh, the fact that this is Ron's place also means a lot. But uh, so the, the whole atmosphere up here is always great, and it's usually this track makes for some some really great racing. So we're hoping for a good result. You and Antonio very strong in the championship again this year. Still looking for that breakthrough win, though. Is it going to come this weekend? Or are you going to spoil everyone and let them know? <laughs> I hope so. It's so difficult. Uh, the category is so tough. So so little time between the cars. So it comes down to racing. Sometimes it comes down to good luck, bad, bad luck. So, uh, but we'll do our best. See if we can. Uh, we're four points back from the lead right now in third place. If we could close that gap even more, maybe even take the lead after this weekend would be absolutely great. You have a different helmet again for this weekend. It's the same colors that you had on it for Le Mans. What sparked the change? I didn't get that, sorry. In your helmet, you, you've gone from having the black livery to something that's red, white, and blue. What, what made you change? Uh, just a new design. Yeah. Well, good luck. Your 701st race start this weekend. And John and I reckon that if you keep this going, by the time you get to Petit Le Mans, which would be 706, that's the same area code for Braselton. So I think you should keep it this way. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do that. <laughs> Shares all about the numbers. Yep, 700 races for Jan Magnussen. This one this weekend, 701 in a sparkling career. Um, when you've been in paddocks and pit areas as uh, over the amount of time period as uh, Jeremy and I have, you sort of cast your mind back. I remember Jan Magnussen, Jeremy, when he was the bright young thing at Stewart Grand Prix, came to the, the Grand Prix party that we were having when we were doing the radio, which is, I mean, it's the British Grand Prix now, back in the, the UK, so this, you know, round about this time of the year, we had a little encampment of caravans on the infield when you were allowed to do that in those days. And we had a barbecue and a party and Magnuson came in. Unbelie- unbelievable to think that was that so many years ago now. And Jan has really settled into the endurance racing mindset. Pretty much a permanent fixture with Corvette Racing, who, by the way, are looking for their 100th win in the USA since the formation of Corvette Racing. They are now up to 107 with eight of those victories coming at the Le Mans 24 hours. So in an extraordinary win to start ratio for Corvette Racing, they will be at only their 20th Le Mans as Corvette Racing uh, next year, yeah, I, I think, think it I is. Think this was his 19th, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a uh, hundredth on, hundredth on. Well, North American soil, I think. Get it? Yeah, here, I, I mean, fantastic. Lime Rock Park, of course, was where they got their one hundredth victory, and that that was uh, only a couple of years ago. And they've had seven more victories since then. And looking for their hundredth US win, as I say. Um, so. Now, do we count this one? Or is that North American or is that well, yes, US? Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, good question. It's North American I continent, think, think, isn't it? I think so. Yes. I think so. North America, because they will have had wins here at uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Uh, ten minutes, uh, sorry, t- yes, ten minutes of GTD running now. Um, Brian Sellers has 
Well, you see, as soon as I look at that, Brian <laughs> Sellers, is, I was about to say, has established himself at the top of GT Daytona and Alvaro Parent in the car that was next to him at the bottom of the timings yeah. this morning now just usurps him by a couple of fractions of a tenth. So it's 86 <laughs> GTD Acura, the XM Sirius-sponsored car from the uh, dark blue, or black rather, uh, red and silver 48 Lamborghini. Those two cars battling it out. Uh, for the Drivers' Championship with uh, Catherine Legg, just a single point behind Sellers and his teammate Madison Snow. Alvaro Parent had to miss a race. The Detroit round couldn't be there because the car wasn't meant to be there originally and he took other work, taken other work, and therefore he is not on the same number of points. Although he's, I think, still in fourth position in the champion, sixth position in the championship. Sorry. Thank you, Shea, for correcting me there. And Alvaro and Brian, of course, uh, have been teammates in the past for K-Pax, wasn't it? Yep, McLaren's. In McLaren's. Brian Sellers Last goes year, back was... out again. Yep. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it amazing how quickly things change in GTD, as you were just saying? Those two won two in the points of 40... The uh, 48 car ahead of the 86 by just one point in the championship this morning. They were 11th and they were at the back of the uh, field here. 10th and 11th, and now they're first and second, or second and first, I guess. Uh, Seller's second place, Alvaro Parent in first at a 116.574. That uh, is just a fraction outside of Sage Caram's qualifying pole record from last season for Lexus. That was the that was Lexus's first pole position, wasn't it? Uh, at a 116.563, average speed of 115 miles an hour plus one year ago. Expect that record to go tomorrow. And then Sir Andy Lally jumped up into third place. Ahead of Joan Blakemon. So it's uh, Acura Lamborghini Audi, Mercedes, BMW, Porsche, Lexus. Top seven cars, top seven manufacturers as well. Jack Hawks yes, within number 15 sharing as usual with David Hyde and Matt Hansen this weekend last week the uh, Super Mario Mario Farbacker joined them for the Glen weekend they came away with a fourth place finish there again uh, showed very very good pace and if not for a somewhat bizarre incident in the pit lane we never really actually did get to the bottom of what happened there, oh, when he came we? in yes yeah uh, they finished up fourth but uh, it was Jack Hawksworth who got the pole position set the fastest lap of the race both time by fractions by the way yes uh, but still a fourth place remains there that team's best finish so far this season but yeah uh, they've had two of those and uh, and a fifth place as well so Knocking on that door of the podium finish. Sister car, of course, number 14 already had a win. That was the team's first win uh, for 3 GT Racing and Lexus. That was at Mid-Ohio. Yeah, Jack Hawksworth, uh, inexplicably then and still not explained now, came along the pit lane. Team was scrambled. it DHH or was it, it was DHH, I think, wasn't it, driving? No, was it was it? Hawksworth. Was it? Okay. It was Hawksworth, yeah. Came in along the pit lanes. Team scrambled, getting ready to uh, service him, and he drove straight through. 
He was second place, Q, by the way. That was, in, by uh, the way, that was his outlap. So he'd just gone out of the pits. So maybe he'd felt something a little bit wrong and decided to come back in and then went, mm, no, maybe it's all right. I don't know. Yeah, very old. Q, uh, very surprised faces mm. in the uh, Lexus squad. New second place now in GTD. That's Wolf Hensler in column 16 for Riot Motorsports. One of the two Riot Motorsports entries this weekend. With number 16, Wolf Hensler and Michael Shine joining the regular pairing of Patrick Long and Christina Nielsen aboard number 58. So if, if there was barely room between the first and second place cars on the time charts, but Wolf Hensler managed to find one. Excuse me, excuse me, coming through. <laughs> yes. I have some liquid soap and a shoehorn. I'll <laughs> just get myself in here. So that's a 16 Six seven. In fact, it's two identical times. Sixteen six. Oh, sorry, six seven four and uh, five seven four. Yeah, yeah. sixteen five seven four for Parent. Sixteen six seven four for Hensler and Brian Sellers. Sixteen six eight nine, and then Andy Lally. I mean, just a mile back on a seven one eight. Dear me, that's as close as you wanted, isn't it? Eight two two next for Blake and Morland. We are literally good. I mean, we are measuring in fractions of tenths here. Yeah. Tenth and a half covering those top four at the moment. But this morning, we had well, the entire field covered by six tenths and all but one by uh, less than half a second. Remarkably close. Dan Cameron uh, still in the pits. John Bennett is going back out to get some more track time in the 54. Just 0. 0.037 between those two. And the difference between first and second was made in the first sector by Colin Brown, who had a faster sector one time. And in fact, Dame Cameron has the sector two and sector three absolute best times of anyone who've been out there. Very quick last sector here, under 16 seconds. GTD. Parent into the pits. And it's a much shorter lap here than at Watkins Glen last week. Uh, and that means it's going to be tougher for John Bennett to stay on the lead lap before handing over that car to Colin Brown. You know, and I'm wondering whether it might be worth considering. Generally speaking, they would start John Bennett and then have Colin Brown hop in afterwards. But I wonder here whether it might well be worthwhile Colin Brown starting that qualifying Great. that car again and, and actually starting it this time. Well, he's got a chance of pole position again, hasn't he? Clearly. Indeed, no question. So he starts from pole and, yeah. and the idea is keep your fingers crossed it stays green. And try and drive away from the field. Try and drive away, but at least maintain that lead so that when uh, John Bennett takes over, he's, he's still going to be right up towards the front. Yes, he will fall back, but at least he doesn't fall back from the back of the field. He falls back from the, from the front of the field, and that might give them... Drive time for... Uh, 45 minutes. 45 minutes as yeah. well, okay, yeah. right. So that is about a field stint for that car. Yes. So that actually has fallen quite nicely for them. So that will be the middle. Just about. I mean, they struggle to do 45 minutes, however. Right. So uh, it, it, it's not easy. Uh, it, you'll need to either stretch the fuel or have a, a, have a caution. Well, John should be able to do 45 minutes. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Just about. He certainly did at Watkins Glen last weekend because he was able to stretch it through two stints to get his one and a half hours in 
It was a bit of yellow to give him a bit of help. It was there. a little bit of yellow, Just but a not a lot. Not lots, yes. Agreed. And, uh, and certainly in the early part of the sits, did a good job of hanging oh, on to the tail ever? of the field. Then slipped back a little bit as they got towards some traffic, but still did a good job. And that was what put that team into contention to win that race, or, so, or to, to contention to win the race, I should uh, say. The Gibson engine global prototypes do have a little bit of a fuel mileage advantage yeah. over. Uh, the DPI, it's not the same for every DPI because not every DPI has the same fuel allowance. But I reckon, what are, what are we at the weekend? Two hours and 40? 240. 240. Yeah. Right, so that's going to be three pit stops, isn't it? Two and a splash. Three pit stops at least, yeah. Yes. Two and a, yeah. Interesting. I wonder if they can save us. Oh, can they save a stop on that car? I'm not sure. Uh, let's find out what's happening down at Mazda. Ollie Jarvis is with Shea Adam for this Continental Tire Pit Lane Report. Because this has been so much fun today to talk to rookies to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Ollie Jarvis, you've had a lot of time in the simulator around this track, but when you actually got out behind the wheel of the Mazda DPI, how big did your eyes get? Actually, it's the one track, believe it or not, Moldymatic don't have on the simulator. I think that I think they live so close. But uh, I did a few laps on uh, on the computer, definitely. But a completely different experience out on the track. Extremely fast, um, but a great track. You know, you got to get out there, attack it, and uh, definitely a fan fan favorite and a, a driver favorite here. The elevation catch you up by surprise? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what you watch on TV or, or play on computer game. You never get a feeling for the elevation until you walk a circuit. And incredible, you know, you go down through turn four and into turn five, and, and the change in elevation is, is really quite a shock. But just a fantastic track, I have to say. Tristan, a couple of years ago, qualified the Mazda on pole here. You giving him any sort of grief about that, telling him he better be fast? He's got a reputation to uphold. No, but he better do the same. I mean, I will mention it after the session. But uh, now I know that he's the he's the man round here. He can uh, he can go stick it on pole, and you know I'll have Saturday afternoon off. It takes somebody with really big guts to go through turn two for the first time, especially given that you can't see the apex. When you came around there for the first time, did you even think about what it would have been like to go through without the gra- with grass on the outside instead of the asphalt to save you if you went a little bit wide? Actually, I, I'd rather go back to the old days with the, uh, with the grass. Um, you know, I like track. I, it's one thing I love about the American tracks is they punish you for mistakes. So as a driver, I think, you know, you approach it in a different way. So I think even with the asphalt, it's still big guts through there. But, um, you know, I'd go back to, to gravel and walls. You'll be smiling every lap of the race, Holly. Enjoy your time here and good luck this weekend. Thanks very much. Uh, red flag uh, as right at the end of that we've had uh, two offs by the Acuras first of all it was the number 7 of Elio Castro Neves that went off at turn 5 and 6 and is that the same car that's gone off turn 4 the next lap we've uh, let me see. Well, yes, because Montoya's in the pits. So two consecutive laps, two offs for not sure it wasn't the same lap actually. It's, uh, what was the last lap time for Elio? One twenty. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe that was with the spin. Yeah, Elio went off at turn five. Ah, there's two cars in the wall. There's another car in the wall at turn five six. Oh no, I see. I'm looking at it from two different angles. So, has he gone off on two consecutive laps at the same point? 
Yeah, I think he has. Because he looked to have driven away from the first one. Judging by those tyre marks, he yeah. kind of lost it going in and yeah. uh, spun all the way across. That's, that's, that's so two consecutive laps and off at Moss Corner for Elio Castro Neves. Backed the car around, drove away, came around the next time and has done a rather more comprehensive job by the look of it. I, I stand to be corrected by that, but that... Bear in mind, we uh, don't have uh, the benefit of uh, replays and pictures in the booth here. We're looking at locked-off cameras, courtesy of our colleagues, and thank you very much indeed for leaving the cameras up for us. Um, some of the cameras are manned and womaned, and thank you to our camera operators for all their hard work. Yeah. Probably not quite so chirpy now, is he, Elia? That's uh, no. unfortunate. Well... One thing about Canadian Town Motorsport Park is uh, the highs are high, the lows are low. It can bite you. It's a very, very late breaking point for any car, but particularly for a prototype, I would think, Jeremy, um, going up the hill into Moss Corner because gravity is helping you there and you get braver and braver and braver until you break just that little bit late. You hit the bump. And then your front wheels are off the ground. And at that point, you're going straight to the scene of the accident. And that may have been what happened there. Now, what I don't know is whether there was another car involved. There may well have been that as well. Yeah, it's certainly a, a part, fast part of the racetrack. And as you say, you've got that compression to help you going up the hill when you're on the brakes into the right-hander. But, you know, you, you kind of cr- scrub a lot more speed off when you get around the first apex there. Get into uh, fi- uh, 5A, you come off corner to carry it on to the straight it's a very much a momentum corner and it is pretty tricky isn't it with those elevation changes and the changes of camber as well mm. so that's going to be a uh, looks like it could be a, a flatbed toe for the number seven Aquatine Penske those cars second and third on the time charts at the moment the number six car by just a fraction to Colin Brown's number 54 Court Autosport mm. Orica Gibson Elio Castro Nevers is best or well, the number 7 car is best so far 107.8 so that's uh, nearly a second behind uh, let's go down to Shea Adam for a Continental Tire Pit Lane report problems for the number 6 uh, and we have lost a car Shea I'm, I'm sad to to hear you report for the weekend after a problem in the last session. Yeah, but the crew is still going to be hanging around because they have uh, light cars to look after. That is the Performance Tech Motorsport. The damage sustained in the session, the first session this morning down in Turn 1 was so severe that the crew, who had just spent three days completely rebuilding their Orica chassis, didn't uh, have enough spare parts to rebuild it yet again. Ah. So it's an early weekend for the 38 crew. But uh, like I said, they still have a little bit of a bright side. They still have their cars in the light series to look after. And it just means that the crew can catch a slightly earlier flight home on Sunday. <laughs> uh, I like the way you're looking on the bright side there. So the rollback uh, flatbed has already arrived. And indeed... The yes, that is definitely a different accident because that's gone in. Ah, uh, has that gone in backwards? Yes, yes it I has. think so. And well, okay. Ju- judging by there's some sort of skid marks across the swapped uh, ends on the way up the hill. It looks like it. Well, maybe it was two similar accidents then, but I, I 
I th- I thought I may be wrong. I thought I saw him drive away from the first one when Shea was um, talking to uh, doing that interview there. Uh, it was Ollie Jarvis, wasn't it? Um, I looked up and saw the car. Looked to see which of the Acura Team Penske's cars were out. It was the seven. The six was in the pit lane. Uh, and then I think there was one more question, which would have given about a minute or so to get around the track. And there's some damage to the back of that car. Oh, yeah, certainly is. That's uh, oh. a pretty pretty heavy impact. That's been a yeah, that's been a very heavy impact. And, and, and when, when the car pulled away the first time, I thought, who is that? Because I, I did I immediately I didn't recognise the blue. Uh, top of the car, of, of course, course, that was added last weekend. For the Stars and Stripes, yeah, for, for the, the Stars Patriotic and Stripes teams, yes. livery. Uh, right rear destroyed on the number seven, Elio Castro Neves driven Acura Team Penske car. The rear wing gone, most of the right side and side pod gone. The dorsal fin folded over. Uh, the crash structure has done absolutely done its job and uh, Elio was able to open the left hand side the driver's door and get out uh, look at take the picture from the front and it's immaculate never raced or rallied one careful owner um, however it looks a bit pre-loved from the back now again let's not uh, make any judgment here Elio got into one of the IMSA intervention rate vehicles will try and get a word and see um, if there's any explanation for that. But that looked to be at the same part of the circuit on two consecutive laps that there was an issue for that number seven accurate Team Penske car. Uh, stopping the action on the circuit, but not the clock, which continues to tick down towards... 30 minutes, that means 15 minutes for the prototypes and the GT Le Mans cars. The last 15 minutes of the session as it was this morning, reserved for GT Daytona and for bronze and silver drivers only of GT Daytona cars. So not the pro drivers in those cars. And it is Acura number 86 from Porsche number 16, Lamborghini Madison Snow now behind the wheel of the 48 Paul Miller Racing Huracan. And then it's Andy Lally for the Magnus Racing Audi. Jerome Blake and Mullen for Riley Technologies 33 AMG GT3. Bill Oberlin for BMW number 96. The Turner Motorsport car making up the top six. And it was Robbie Foley that set that time in the number 96 BMW this afternoon. It was Bill Oblin who was quickest overall this morning in GTD. Uh, But Robbie Foley, I believe it was, who set that time. uh, Currently six fastest, a 117.6. And at the top of the prototypes, as they will be be losing them in 15 minutes' time, uh, a 66.9 second lap, 9.02 to be precise and the reason I have to go down to three decimal places is because the number six of Dane Cameron the sister car of the car that is being recovered at the moment at Moss Corner uh, 66.939.037 of a second between those two Elio Castro Neves uh, uh, 67.8 before the incident 
fourth place for the 55 Mazda. Jonathan Bomarito was in that car. I think that was Harry Tinknell's time, though, was it? Uh, the 68.0. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, 68.2 for fifth place, the 22 Nismo-powered ESM. And, and, DL, was, and it was, was DL Ron did that, Diesel, was it? Yes, at yeah. that time, Excellent. a little while ago, early in the session. And sixth is the first of the Cadillacs, Jordan Taylor, when the red flag came out in the number 10 with a 68.4. And was it Jordan that put the time in? Yes, Jeremy nods to my right. Uh, GTLM, Porsche 911 from Corvette number 3, from Corvette number 4, from Porsche 912, from Ford number 66, from BMW number 24. Uh, and those top six separated by just over a second. But the top three or four separated by tenths. So nice and close again as we're inside the last half an hour. And the Penske team Acura, or the Acura team Penske, should I say, has now been secured onto the flatbed and that's about to depart the scene of the accident uh, however the there is a little bit of track services and reconstruction to be done there with the four rows of build tires and they're going to use uh, one of the tow trucks to help push pull shove cajole those banded tires with the rubberized conveyor belt style banding in front of them. Very, very uh, good at absorbing impacts. Yeah, sometimes not the most uh, aesthetically no. um, attractive perhaps, yeah. but it is very, very effective at uh, absorbing energy and, and just dissipating uh, it dissipating down the line. The energy, yes. and, and the fact that the... the uh, tow truck is having to move two or three times so you know two or three or four trucks width down the wall to push those tyres back shows you how far that energy was dissipated Jeremy some what you know 10, 12, 15, 20 feet maybe more down the down the line of tyres from where the number 7 Acura Team Penske car went in and so that has they have done their job still a couple of minutes away I think from even considering going back to green so it's going to be around about a 10 minute dash for the prototypes and the GT Le Mans cars there's quite a bit of water also has been dislodged from those tyres that was remnants from the big storm that came through last evening was it ever and uh, looks like it might be just sort of trickling away but perhaps not onto the racing line which is extremely good news but uh, there was a lot of rain yesterday, and it, and it does collect, obviously, in as tyres are open on the top. Yeah. And uh, that water is just sort of kind of flowing away from the scene of the impact. But at this Have point, you ever hit a set of build tyres in a, in a race car? I have at Croft. No. I have at Croft in North Yorkshire. I was doing a test day for Ford in, in a Ford race car. And it, it would have been wet all day, throwing it down all day. And we went off... Uh, 
wet tyres onto slicks and I got half a car's width off the drying line and went off a sunny out and went sideways into the tyre wall and the scariest thing was how much water came out of the tyres yeah. and all over the oh what's that after you've had the impact and it's then you go oh where's that water coming from is that water is it fuel is it, oh no it's alright it's only water from the tyres uh, let's go down and have a word with Joey Han from Ford Joey, who has finally won the six hours of the Glen, congratulations again. I have to ask you the same thing I asked Stephen Simpson. How long did it take for the hangover to wear off? No, no, we were we didn't get that crazy. We were just uh, we got home as soon as we could. I took took my buddy Dirk back to California for Fourth July at uh, at the Hand Compound, and we had a good time. We caught a baseball game, uh, saw some fireworks. I tried to get him to catch a foul ball, but we missed a couple. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, it's just fun. You know, that's a great track for us always. So. You know, in this series, you have to capitalize on the opportunity. Uh, we had the opportunity to have, you know, we had a good car there at the end. We got ourselves in the right place by some good pit stops and good calls. And, you know, you got to take those when you get them because uh, you don't have the chance to win every single week in the IMSA WeatherTech Series. What is it about this track that is so hard to win at? You stood on the podium here before, but that top step, man, that's hard. Yeah, it is. I don't know, man. This this track is has been difficult for me, uh, for sure, uh, to get on the top step, but... Um, been on, been in the hunt a lot of times here. You know, Dirk and I had a close one uh, a couple times. We almost had the same one and got a pit penalty for touching a car in pit lane that took us out of it. Uh, Dirk got hit once by another car, so we've been in the mix here a lot. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tough track. I mean, this is one of those one of those old school race tracks that uh, you know can can get you any time. But we're working on it here. We're not we're not as quick as we want to be right out of the box. But um, you know, we just keep working on. It. I mean, at Watkins Glen. We, we tuned on it through the warm-up even and, and had our best race car in the race. So we don't, we don't ever give up here. We just keep on, keep on plugging away at it. One minute until we go back to green. You and Dirk, championship leaders coming into this race. That's the first time this season that that's happened. You guys feeling nice, cool, and uh, comfy? Oh, yeah. Well, I love, I love when you say uh, leading the championship for us. But yeah, you can't get comfortable here, really, because, like I said, we're only I don't know, we're halfway, about halfway through the season. And uh, there's a lot of great teams and cars and drivers here. So my dad told me if you win every race, you'll win the championship. So I just keep trying to win races. Good luck this weekend, Joey. All right, thank you. See, dads give good advice, very good advice indeed. Uh, Thank you to Derek Lundy, who's tweeted in at IMSA Radio. He's out over by Moss Corner. And said, Elliot had a big wiggle before breaking for Moss, spun at high speed, backed into the wall heavily. And he did have a minor spin the lap before, but drove away. So you're absolutely correct about two spins, two laps in a row in the same corner. Derek, thank you very much indeed for tweeting in at IMSA Radio, possibly listening in on uh, 90.7 FM, CTMP FM, uh, or maybe on the PA out by Moss Corner. Derek, thank you very much indeed. That's how you can get in touch with us here in the booth. And the timing from Shea Adam as our Continental Tire Pit Lane report ended there was perfect. We are under green flag for 23 minutes, uh, which means that the prototypes have got eight minutes. Uh, and <laughs> Jeremy was doing... <laughs> holding, Can I get my holding fingers organised? That would have been easier, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> Very good. Well done, Jeremy. Uh, GTLM and prototypes then with eight minutes when it came out. The only cars of note that haven't come out, uh, hasn't come out, is Pete Durrani in the number 22. 
down to, uh, we believe, that what might be their last Nissan engine for the time being. Had three engine problems last weekend, and hence they are down to one car this weekend. People Durrani being paired with Ryan DL this weekend in a bit of a change around for the driving talent at ESM Tequila Patron. And that's another team who can't buy any look. We're talking about performance tech. Uh, but uh, yeah. the two Tequila Patron cars ran into each other at the start of the race. Uh, it was... Who did we say started the race in the number two? Uh, it wasn't people, was it, the start of the race? It was Nico It was Nico Lapierre who ran into the back of Scott Sharp, which tipped him into a spin uh, as everyone was checking up because of the big slide for the spirit of Daytona. Tristan Vautier, who uh, got it all wrong going uh, coming out of the uphill hesses, effectively. And that started the chain reaction. Uh, it's pit lane spa, uh, speed violation, easy for me to say, for the number 54. Just a warning, three kilometres over. Also for the 33 Riley Technologies AMG GT3, one kilometre over gets a warning for that. Using up their goodwill with uh, race control. Won't be so lenient, I'm sure, next time or if they are any further over from that. And just seeing if everybody else has come out of the pit lane. I think they have. There's no one else. Yeah. Orica 38, we know about. We're not going to see that again this weekend. So, yeah, indeed. Everybody, in fact, everybody including now the 22. So, Peter Durrani has gone out in the number 22 Nissan-powered uh, ESM. So, all the able-bodied cars out on track. Correct. And there'll be another five, six minutes for the prototypes to hone their cars. And they'll have one more opportunity tomorrow morning to get ready for qualifying, which will be uh, later on in the afternoon. They'll be out again tomorrow at 11.30. Is that right? No, that's today, isn't it? Saturday is tomorrow, isn't it? At 8.30 tomorrow morning for the, a final one-hour practice session. That would just be a straight session with all cars on track at the same time for one hour. And then qualifying will start just after noon, 12.10 tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, and it's the usual IMSA quick-fire 15-minute sessions for each of uh, the classes. And I like that. I, I think it's good. It's exciting. means you get out there. Um, certainly, the tyre manufacturers have cottoned onto it. They give the tyres to the teams that they can run the full 15 minutes on. And indeed, for GTLM, the Michelin tyres seem to be getting better and better towards the end of the stint. And we saw a couple of big moves towards the end, one of which captured pole position in GT Le Mans. So don't walk away from the edge of the track tomorrow in qualifying for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship just because the guys dive into the pits with uh, four or five minutes to go in the session. They'll just let the tyres curl down and then quite often have another go at it, Jeremy. It's been brilliant. It has. Good improvement there by, by Robert Alon, by the way, in kind of about 85 uh, in this, uh, since we've gone back to green. He jumped from, I think he was 12th, actually, up into 6th position for that number 85 JDC Miller Motorsports. Orica Gibson, Robert Alon, at a 
Both Lexus improve as well, Jeremy. 15 and 14, now in 6th and 7th for Jack Hawksmith and Dominic Bauman. 17, 3 and 17, 6 the two times for those. And it looks like Bill Oberlin is winding up to a quick one as well. He's just done a very good final sector in the 96 blue and yellow Turner BMW. At the front, we've still got this top two cars separated by, well, nothing. And then virtually a second back... A second back to Elio Castroneves, who's not taking part now. Of course, that car was crashed a few minutes ago. But uh, from it's eight tenths of a second, basically, from Castroneves in third to Gustavo Yakerman uh, in, or Sebastian Svedra, it was at the time, in car number 52, that is in 12th position. So there's 10 cars covered by just, uh, well, what is it? Eight tenths of a second. Super tight. Lawson Aschenbach field. improves for Acura number 9-3. Jeff Siegel for Ferrari. So uh, Right, so the GTD guys are getting their wiggle on. And they're going to have 15 minutes for the bronze and silver drivers at the end of this session. That's about three minutes away for them. There'll be a flag for the GT, Le Mans and prototype cars, effectively the pro class cars. And they will be done having had their... One hour of the one hour 15, everybody gets an hour and there's 15 minutes either end for the pros and then for the arm rated drivers. The order now in GTD is Acura, Porsche, Lamborghini, Audi, Mercedes, Lexus, Ferrari. So top seven again, another improvement by Jack Hawksworth next time around, takes them above Jeff Siegel. So that sixth position that Jeremy was talking about for the number 15 Lexus. The 117. Is that a two? Yes, it is. There's nothing in that mid-pack, is there, of the GTD. And, and we saw last weekend, as we've been actually seeing all season, Jeremy, there's nothing when they race either. If they're together on the track, you can quite often have four, five or six GT Daytonas, a couple of cars might make a break and then they start fighting and everybody catches up to them and all of a sudden you've got four, five or six GT Daytona class cars all back together again. And one tiny mistake or a little touch, uh, Pat Long for Wright Motorsport got involved with the car he was lapping and uh, was gently ushered off the track. Uh, dropped, I think, three or four places towards yeah. the end of the race. Yeah, he did, didn't he, at least. It was, uh, there was some... And that was that was my fault, and that was my fault because they had stealthed up to fifth position, and I said we've not talked about them today. It's not well, because no, we're I, in... I, I, I'll take you some blame because I mentioned just a few minutes Did ago right. before, and then okay. you then you picked it up and ran with it. Yeah, yes, you, you, but that was a, a magnificent. We're not mentioning battle. if you're a bright motorsport fan, the fifty-eight car. If we don't mention <laughs> them this weekend, please don't think we're ignoring them. It's just we don't want to throw the curse of the commentator at them again. So they'll not be mentioned until they've crossed the chequered flag. <laughs> the, that, that was a fantastic battle last week. As always, we hit, for a while there, there were eight or nine cars oh, weren't there, in a train. Just we follow up on a little, little bit by that, baby. Because I did speak to Peter Barron this week, from who's, who was part of the... Yeah, he's at the Spa 24 this weekend, isn't he? He is, yeah. He yeah. Was, he, I spoke to him, I think, on Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And he, was, he was already at Spa. He went there the next day. And uh, he was at the uh, Land Motorsport Montepass by Land motorsport entry that had that problem towards the end they had that uh, a penalty was called for basically pitting, pitting, 
yeah, yeah. entering a close bidder and taking on service rather than just doing emergency service. And the main reason for that was the driver was absolutely convinced that he had beaten the light, got into pit lane before the light came on. Uh, and uh, they, they asked him on the radio, he said, yeah, I, I, you know, there was no light on. OK, fine. So that's when they did the service. Then the penalty was called and there was all sorts of toing and froing going on. And they were trying to, you know, just trying to get a clarification and it just went on too long. And, and Peter Barron, he admitted that, yeah, they, they, you know, the, the stewards absolutely called it right, as we had suggested. The, the stewards don't make that sort of a decision and, until they're absolutely sure. Uh, and by then they've got another penalty. I think they got two extra penalties, actually. Uh, and then they uh, parked at the end of the race because they 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 weren't going to make up any positions from where they would have been. Uh, so that was unfortunate, but uh, at least it was. Th- there were some people suggested, particularly on social media, that now the, the Imps has got a, something against that oh, team that's or whatever. Ridiculous. And uh, yeah, we pooped that time. And just to reiterate, that Peter Brown did say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was our it was a mistake, and uh, there, there was no uh, nothing nefarious about that whatsoever. I think it was nine seconds after the yellow came out that they came into the pit lane. Oh, it was closer than that, I think. Uh, let me. I I have it somewhere. I just need to find it. Was, uh, it, that, was it as far away as that? I, I thought it was a couple or three, but I didn't check into that myself, so I don't know. But uh, whatever it was, is outside. There's a uh, yeah. The proto- the prototype cars are now. I think. Uh, in the pits, are they, or on the way into the pits? Yeah, they should be, put, they they should be in, in by 90 seconds, and, yes. And the GTLM cars. There was an improvement right at the end there by uh, Felipe Nasser in car number 31 to jump into sixth place just ahead of uh, Simon Trummel, though it was actually Robert Lawrence at the time. Simon also did a good lap right at the end in that number 85 car. And that's in that big pack of cars separated by, well, really next to nothing from third place back to... 12th, which is still Gustavo Jakobin, also improved right at the end. So 12, 13 minutes, let's call it. Uh, I know where I'll find that. I'm going to go and look on a different thread. I've annoyed myself now because I know I saw that somewhere. Uh, so you're listening to IMSA Radio 90.7 FM around the circuit. And around the world on RS2, which is IMSA Radio. And uh, we are, as I say, just with the... Ah, uh, here we are. Uh, the yellow light went on at 14.56.03. Ah, uh, I know where I got the 9 from. And the 29 came in at 14.56.09. So there was six seconds behind. I knew there was a nine in there. So there was six seconds behind oh, wow. the, the yellow light. Not close. Um, so that was the uh, the timing as from the uh, IMSA site. And, and as I said at the time, there is a camera that we don't always have access to, but we can't see everything that the race control can. They have got cameras everywhere. <laughs> Um, brother is they, they, watching. They, they have got uh, a camera that looks directly at the pit closed light uh, and the yellow lights and looks into pit lane and looks at the pit lane commit line. Yeah, and the driver at that stage to be, to give him some 
semblance of, of hope. He, he would have been committed that day to, to watching, you know, to, to looking ahead of him to see where the. Uh, where my, my, I also I say know, as well. Still six seconds isn't very close. My, I also say as well, just to you know, to diffuse the situation, because anybody who suggests there's some kind of of war or battle going on, I think that that doesn't. We're not even going to address that because that's nonsense. But you know, land aren't a full time entrant their drivers don't always race here um they and what is quote unquote in the pit lane and what isn't in the pit lane in terms of where they race at other times might not be the same as here and you know they they get into the pit blend line that's not in the pit lane you're not in the pit lane yeah. until you either pass the commit line or, or pass the cone yeah and and that's what's been looking looked at there. Yeah. So I, I, I think I think the thing to say, and that, that was great that you spoke to Peter. Um, never never want to shirk a, a direct question, Mister Barron. So yeah. that was uh, that was good that uh, he answered that. And let's put that one to bed then. So there's no feud between land uh, Motorplus by Land and IMSA, as we absolutely said. And they are uh, they are quite uh, convinced now that the the uh, officials had it. Right, so yeah, full was, stop paragraph. Yeah, exactly. It just, uh, it just reiterate once more time. The, the, the team took on the service. They, they, they I, I'm told they did actually ask the driver, "Are you sure you made it in?" He said, "Yes." That's where they carried on. That's where there was the arguments. But uh, the, you know, the driver just made a mistake, and uh, in the heat of the it battle, happens. that is easy to do. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They're not, and as we said, they're not full season entrants, so they lost positions, so they decided to park the car. Yeah. Uh, Madison Snow is out there at the moment. In fact, no, just come into the pit lane. For a while, though, he was the only car out. Catherine Legs now in the 86. One point away from the championship lead. We'll be talking about that a lot this weekend. Catherine in fine form at the moment. Mind, so are the 48 crew. Well, is that five consecutive podiums, we said, yeah, for uh, those guys? I mean, that that is championship form, Jeremy. Well, you know, the, the, I mean, the... Uh the leading car has been on the podium all five races this season. The Acura has been on the podium four out of the five races. Uh, they've they've beaten the Acura's beaten the Lamborghini in four of the five races. Wow! Uh, but um, it, they had the eighth place at Sebring, and that sort of cost them a little bit in the points. So uh, it's that consistency though. Both of those two teams has been very very impressive this season in such a hard fought, uh, a, a close fought category. You really can't afford to have a bad race here if you are in championship contention. And we've seen that in the past couple of years with Christina Nielsen in that category, picking up the points uh, with Alessandro Balzan last year, picking up the points where they're available. And, And you have to have that mindset, Jeremy. It might not be that you have a car. You know, we go to very different racetracks where the... You know, balance of performance does so much, but that in that tight kind of competition, you will have a car that is better at some tracks than it is at others, and you've got to maximise the tracks that you're good at and get the results. Well, that, Take the points on offer. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And I'm just looking now at the uh, how those cars are qualified in each of the races. And again, that yeah, they're never never far apart on the grid. No. Uh, but even Correct. though the the Acura's finished ahead of the Lamborghini more often than not. I think the uh, Lamborghini has actually out-qualified the Acura. Well, no, actually, it's 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 two, it's two three, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's two three. The the uh, shares just reminded me that our champions from last year, 
Christina Nielsen and Alessandro Balsan um, actually only got their first race win of the season at the penultimate round at WeatherTech uh, Raceway Laguna Sega. Yeah. And... You know that, and then and they took the championship. They, that put the, that put the championship basically in their pockets. To uh, by the time they got to Petit Le Mans, to Matul Petit Le Mans, and I've got a feeling this. I I think let's let's really hope that uh, Michael Shank, uh, MSR, uh, Maya Shank Racing, uh, uh, gets uh, keep that car in the championship for Catherine and Alvaro, and that championship is allowed to go on. And because I think if that's the case, and, and just going through the statistics that Jeremy was talking about there, and shit, that we we could be watching the last couple of hours of a Petit Le Mans that is deciding not just that great blue riband race, but a drivers' championship in GTD uh, with the points machinations that go on there. Yeah, originally the the, the plan for that team was just to concentrate on the. Uh, Tequila Patron North American Endurance Championship and the uh, points for that are just, uh, are still uh, pretty close going into the fourth and final race uh, in that championship. Appetite, yeah. In in prototypes, uh, Felipe Nazar, well, number 31 team has a six-point edge over the number five teammates. Then the two Acuras uh, are just one point behind tied for third. In GTLM, the number 66 Ford, oh. having won la- th- this last week and finished second at Daytona. They got a four-point edge over the number 911 Porsche, Patrick Pile and Nick Tandy. And in GTD, it's still the Riley Motorsports Mercedes that w- leads the way. Once again, they uh, they prioritised the uh, Tequila Patron North American Enjoying Championship last weekend. They were leading at halfway, so got maximum uh, points at point. halfway. And they still have a two-point edge now over Catherine Lake and Alvaro Prent in the number uh, 86 Ac- Ac- Acura. Yes, because we have got to remember that there are uh, interim points in the longer races. Shea Adam has some Lexus news for us in this Continental Tire Pit Lane report. Not one of the cars that Jeremy just mentioned. Uh, the number 14, which does have a race win on the year. That was at Mid-Ohio for Dominic Bauman and Kyle Marcelli. It's Kyle in the car right now. The last few times that the car has come down the front stretch, it has been on the rev limiter. It's been going bop, 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 bop as it comes across and turns down into turn one. The What's sister- it been doing? I'm not doing that again. The sister car has not been making the exact same noise. So whether Kyle Marcelli is not shifting up into the top gear or whether they've got the gear ratio slightly wrong on the 14, it is, and finally, it does pull into the pit lane. It was three times that it came by, and it was absolutely flat out, and it was making a lot of noise. So not a happy Lexus for the hometown hero from Barry. Finding more speed there because Kyle Marcelli has just jumped up into the second position. In car number 14, 114.669, so that's five thousandths quicker than Wolf Hensler in the Porsche car number 16. He was very committed through turn one as Catherine Mm -hmm. Legg goes out for the last three and a half minutes. Good afternoon here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park to everyone who has made the trip. And thank you uh, from all of us here. Great to see such a fabulous crowd. Uh, Listening on 90.7 FM or on the PA system. And a particular hello to fake Charlie Whiting. Uh, great to have you back 
uh, at the circuit again. He says the place to be when the track goes green is the entry to turn five. The entire field in a train, a symphony of motorsport glory. Uh, Derek Lundy, who we heard from earlier, he says the other side of T5 is not too shabby either when it comes out. And I've got a nice picture of Derek's feet uh, in the uh, foreground of a picture that shows the drop down from turn four up to turn five and then out to turn five through 5C back onto the Andretti Strait. Uh, gentlemen, thank you. We we salute all of our uh, hardcore fans that have come here. Uh, not great weather last night, but the good news is that the weather is allegedly set fair for the weekend and relatively temperate as well, Jeremy. Not the uh, the triple-digit temperatures that we had forecast for last weekend, so that's all uh, good news, particularly for those camping around the circuit. But what a place to come and bring your RV or your tent there's nothing like being woken up by the sound of uh, motor racing engines in the morning. Get the coffee on. Maybe a bit of that superb Canadian bacon up here. Settle in. Watch a few cars go by. Sounds like a decent it's weekend right. to me, that Jeremy, doesn't it? It does. Last couple of minutes. Anybody on a quick one? Not at the moment. Marcelli's just gone back out again. Carl Marcelli. So it's Acura, Lexus, Porsche, Lambo, Audi, Merck, Ferrari, Lexus. So top seven. Again, different manufacturers in what has been a, an awesomely competitive season of GT Daytona racing so far. Well, uh, 14 didn't hit the rev limit at this time around, says Shea. I seem to remember this start all started at Daytona where I think from memory, and I, 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 this is absolutely off the top of my head, but I think we had seven different manufacturers led at Daytona this year in GTD at various times. And I think we had all of the manufacturers inside the, the overall top 10 at one stage or another in a huge GT Daytona field. The adoption of GT3 regulations for GT Daytona has paid the same kind of dividend as the GT4s in GS in the Continental Tire Sports Car Championship. IMSA uh, should be congratulated for their the bringing of those two uh, international near global formulae into under their umbrella and into these couple of uh, events that they run throughout the year. Into their schedule was the word I was looking for. And at the front of the field, has prototype, uh, has the prototype field ever looked better? Deep and impressive and factory interest, manufacturer interest here from US-based manufacturers spending money on a US-based series. That looks like a business case to me. Yeah, and there's been a couple of stories in the, in the media this week, I think, haven't there, about uh, potential... Potentially having more manufacturers involved. Checkered flag is out for the silver and bronze drivers in GT Daytona. And let's see if that number 14 of Kyle Marcelli stays out. Shea Adam is on the pit wall. So we'll have a little listen to see if he's, he's hitting the lev, rev limiter this time or lev rimiter. <laughs> on his outlap, he did not. But on his yeah. second time by, he most certainly did. 
Uh, so I'm not sure if he'll give it full gas this time across the line going Qu- into turn one. Question for me, Shea, is that, I mean, surely he's not running out of revs in top gear going down towards turn one because that means he'd be massively running out of revs <laughs> on the back straight. So I presume he's not hitting top gear. I think that's completely correct. And he's just holding he's in fourth. Fifth of sixth. Let's see. Here maybe. we go. Just a little bit there. Yeah, that's interesting. Good ears, Shea. In amongst all of that, uh, checkered flag for Kyle Marcelli. He'll end up second in the session in the Lexus. Uh, the Acura number 86 has the best time. Uh, and if we jump down to third, it's the 16. That was Wolf Hensler's time. Mike Shine in the car at the end. Then the championship leaders in fourth, the 48 uh, Lamborghini Huracan. Then the Audi. John Potter and Magnus Racing in fifth position, the 44. Sixth position, another different manufacturer, uh, AMG GT3 Mercedes and in 7th the 7th different manufacturer in the top 7 is Ferrari and the black and white uh, number 63 Cooper McNeil with the WeatherTech car earlier we saw GTLM best time put in by the number 911 Porsche ahead of the two Corvettes then the 912 then the two Fords then the two uh, then the two BMWs and we did have all the cars in number order, 911, but with the three and the four between 912, 66, 67, 24, 25. That, I'm, I'm happy here with that. Uh, and Colin Bennett finds the fast way around. Colin Bennett? Uh, Co- Colin Brown uh, finds the. Colin Bennett used to be our chief scrutineer for the uh, Ascar series at Rockingham Watch Speedway in the UK. Talk about uh, wolves and chickens. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Poor chicken keeper. <laughs> Uh, John Bennett finished the session uh, about 15 minutes ago, but it was Colin Brown who set the 106.902. But my, didn't Dale, Dale Cameron get very, very close in the number six Acura Team Penske uh, 106.939, so just 0.037 of a second. Those two cars, Jeremy, very much the class of the prototype failed. Everybody else a second further away. Although, Elio Crack. Castro Nevers, um, he, he went down swinging, didn't he? He wasn't just looking there. He was trying really hard. Had two consecutive lap offs at uh, Moss. The second one considerably more um, destructive than the first. Yeah, it was a bit, unfortunately. Backed it into, lost it. A big wiggle under braking. We heard from our reporter out there at uh, Five. Thank you very much indeed for that. Just confirming what we could see in the tarmacs. Tarmacs yes. on, on the Derek racetrack. Lundy, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Derek. Derek. Lundy, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, making uh, stout contact with the rear end of that car. So, hopefully, they'll get that repaired again for tomorrow. But behind, from Elio Castroneva's on down, the whole rest of the field is covered by the same margin that covers the top three. So, that bodes well for some very, very exciting action this weekend. Quick hello to Michael Wallace, who's right outside of uh, our windows here, listening uh, uh, at the outside of the final corner and to all of you who've been listening in on 90.7 CTMP FM and uh, here on the PA thank you for joining us this more track action don't go too far away but next here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park you'll hear uh, the tones of uh, Jim Martin we'll be back in a few moments time for our international audience and for you here at the track as we continue with our live coverage from the Mobile One Sports Car Grand Prix weekend it's here live on IMSA Radio this programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.